Dr. Annette West Speaks. Great to have you with us on today. This show comes from a holistic perspective. There will be topics that are varied. A lot of topics will come from what the listeners are sharing with me as things that they would like to hear. I'm excited about some upcoming um, interviews that I'm going to be doing on the show. I'm hoping to bring, I know there's a lot of podcasts out here, but I'm hoping that my voice can speak in this season to those, to a certain group of people. Um, and that what I have to say will resonate and then you'll share it with others. A reminder, the show is being aired on Thursdays. The great thing about the podcast is you can come back at any time and listen to it. You can download the app at anchor.fm. You can listen to all of my podcasts. I'm excited that this is my 14th episode. I started in October and I'm working to be faithful to this. But again, thanks for tuning in. On today, I want to speak from the topic of enduring hardship without complaint. Enduring hardship without complaint. Sometimes when things don't go the way that we think that they should, you know, we can get a sour disposition we can easily sink into a deep mud or swamp and, you know, just, just a pity party. We can feel stuck and overcome by the failures and challenges within us and those around us. And sometimes it may seem that things come in like a mighty Russian wind. But in Psalm 69, two through three, the psalmist confesses their emotional drainage of suffering. And it says, I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I have come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. The psalmist is saying, I realize that I'm suffering. I realize that I'm going through. I realize that I am having a severe emotional um, turn in my life. Can you imagine the crackling in the voice as they are talking to God about what they are going through? He says, um, I'm sinking, I'm sinking. Sinking means I'm going downward. A lateral struggle. 
when the land sinks, if we think about it, the foundation has been lost or contains a mixture of fluid. David here, his surroundings and suffering appear to consume him to where he can no longer stand. The great thing is, although he feels he cannot stand, God will stand with him through everything that he's going, that is going on in his life. And so in the midst of feeling the hardships, in the midst of enduring, the psalmist is attentive to the greatness of God. In 2 Timothy 2 and 3, Paul wrote, you therefore, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Really, this is a preparatory word indicating that although we will encounter challenges, we need to learn how to endure without complaining, without mumbling, without grumbling. Because when we complain, it impacts our mentality and shows our immaturity. You know, things happen in our life. People lose jobs. There's a lot of stuff going on with our government right now. You know, we feel rejection at times. Just some things don't go the way that we know that they should. But we have to be settled in the Lord. Sometimes things don't look logical to us, but we have to remember that we are rooted and grounded in the things of the Lord. In the book of Numbers, there is an account, a narrative of Israel in Numbers 14, 1 through 3. And it says, so all the congregation lifted up their voices and they cried and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And then the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Here the Israelites murmured and complained against their gracious and loving God. And when we complain, when we mumble and when we grumble, it displeases God. Listen, it doesn't just displease God. It displeases anybody who's in the environment with us. We put a stench in the atmosphere. It's really an ugly quality to be a complainer, to murmur. And the problem with complaints is they can become infectious. It can discourage other people from their own faith. We're discouraging our faith and then we're discouraging other people. When we become discontent and selfish, we murmur. So we have to learn how to be content and not be selfish people. Because we don't want to bring condemnation upon ourselves. And we don't want to bring division among God's people. You don't want people to follow out your example, my example, our example of complaining and murmuring. So we have to learn how to bring focus to, to the things of God. We want to look at 
solutions. So we need to have solution-based thinking and expectation and not murmuring. Philippians 4 and 4 says, let us not murmur. Rather, let us be content. Let us be happy and rejoice in the Lord always. First Timothy says, let us be thankful for our blessings and be characterized by a spirit of gratitude. Listen, so there, from there it says, we need to not murmur. We need to be content. We need to be happy. We need to rejoice always. We need to be thankful because it shows who we are in the Lord. And so these scriptures challenge us to make a decision to not allow murmuring to rule our lives. We, we are instructed here by the apostle to learn to be content in all areas. What's going, whatever is going on, finding contentment. In this world, there are a lot of pressures going on that they can impede upon our daily life. The world will tell us you need to keep working harder, obtaining more. You need to have more. You need to get more. You need to do more. Where God really wants us to learn how to be content. And see, when we learn how to be content, we can rejoice and celebrate in the Lord in the midst of whatever is going on. And he doesn't want us to be selfish. It says in Philippians 2, 3, and 4 that we should always regard others as being better than us and we should look out for the interests of others. Listen, we don't have to worry about our interests because God is looking out for our interests. So guess what? We can utilize that time to look towards what's going on in other people. But we have to know it is critical for us not to allow ourselves to be selfish or self-centered during a time when struggle occurs or suffering arises. But instead, we need to focus on the needs of others because when we're focused on the needs of others, we can't focus on ourselves. We need to look out for the interests of God's people, of other people. We need to ask ourselves, what am I doing? What am I saying? Is God pleased with me? How does this, this impact the atmosphere. Am I building up? Am I edifying or am I tearing down? How do my words impact the atmosphere? For what I think, for what's going on within my inner being is what I will speak into the atmosphere. And so we have to remember that complaining does not edify. It simply adds to our own self-centeredness. You like, you didn't get what you wanted, so you complain. You knew this should happen, but it didn't, so you complain. We don't like what somebody else is doing, so we complain. And so just as the children in the book of Exodus, they, they looked for God to do things. God did things. Moses spoke to the Lord. God did things. And the people still complain. The people get delivered and they still complain over the provision that God gives. So it's not that God doesn't give provision. It's now that after they complain, they want to tell God what provision they want when he's already supplied them and they can't be content in what he has set before them. And so we just have to make sure that we 
realize that God can supernaturally deliver whatever it is that we are in need of. We just trust him. But when we complain, it shows that we are ungrateful. When we complain, it shows that we have overlooked the obvious blessings that the Lord has already sent forward. When we complain, it reveals our dependence on human provision and not on divine prevention, provision. Isaiah 53 and 7 um, talks about Jesus' humanity, that he overcame the fallacy of complaining. It says, the quote says, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. We have to learn how to not open our mouths when things are not going the way that we think that they should. Look, think about, look at Jesus. In, when he came into Jerusalem, people were excited to see him. You know, they were clamoring all around him. And not too long after that, they were what? They were crucified. They wanted to crucify him. You know, they wanted to spit on him. They were calling him names. People and situations, people will do the darndest things sometimes against us and around us. But we cannot allow ourselves to get drawn into that. Every circumstance in suffering has a resurrection tied to it. And through that resurrection, others' lives are empowered by the wisdom that they gave. We have to learn, as in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8 says, to give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanksgiving in the midst of my pain. No, it may not take away the pain, but it'll give us strength to endure that pain. The thankfulness that we send forward will shift our mind to see that God's hand is at work in our life through whatever it is that is going on. How we respond in our time, in our time of frustration, in our time of the enemy coming against us, in our time of not having what we think we should need. We have to respond correctly to God. I mean, we can stop and we can question the Lord. Lord, why is this happening? Why, why am I going through this? Why, why, why? But that expends so much energy. Why don't we just trust God? Why don't we just believe that God sees the bigger picture? Why don't we just know if we're walking with him daily that tough situations are going to come? And that some questions just are not going to be answered because God doesn't have to answer any questions that we put before him. But we just need to send up the joy and show the world that our joy is in the Lord. That God can respond to everything that's going on in our lives. That he is able to deliver us from whatever is going on in our lives. 
response shows our transparency and our enlightenment in the things of the Lord. Because when and how we respond shows others a glimpse of our state of mind. When we respond, it informs us of the focus of our expectation. Even when things go amok, even when things go wrong, we have to know that God is able, that God can move us, that God can shift us, no matter what it is that's going on. We have to trust him. Through the process, we need to have patience. We need to understand that transformation takes time. And that we are supposed to be living examples, living epistles. We are supposed to be an accurate reflection of the process of God in our lives. We have to choose to stay positive. It's our choice. Our voice speaks. Our voice defines us. Our voice, when we speak, is distinctive. People know your voice. When we speak, our voice is definitive. When we speak, our voice is directive. And people listening are looking and saying, I know that voice. And I always tell people, God has assigned people to each of us to help them on this journey. Therefore, the voice that we share, it should be a voice that pleases God. And it should be a voice when it pleases God, then it will please the process as we engage others. We must learn how to endure hardship, but not inconvenience ourselves complaining. Because when we complain, it shows where we are in the Lord. If you really think about it, if you're so in tune with the things of the Lord, even if you want to complain, you're going to catch yourself and you're going to say, you know what? I'm not even going there because Lord, God, Lord, is a song said, Lord, I know you've been so good. Lord, you've been so good. You've kept me through all of the prior things that have gone on in, in my life. Why would I think that today you would not keep me? Why would I think that today I need to complain? I haven't, you kept me through everything else. Why do I feel that today is the day that I need to complain about what I'm going through? No, I want to put my mind on the things of the Lord. I want to stay in tune with the Lord. I don't want to be stuck. I don't want to be consumed. I do want to be challenged for greater though. And I have to realize that drain, that emotional drainage and suffering, it will come. But I trust God. And just like David, yeah, there may be some times when I feel like I'm sinking. But I know that God is with me 
through it all. And I know that when I'm just at the precipice and feel like I'm getting ready to fall, that's when God is going to say, now I'm ready to shift you. But if my mindset is postured negatively, then how can I be in the right place for the shifting that God wants to do in my life? We can stand. We can stand strong in him. We can remain whole in him. We can listen to him. We can be attentive to who he is and what he says. I choose not to complain. That's what we have to speak to ourselves. I choose not to complain no matter what's going on. And it's pretty rough, but I choose not to complain for I know that there is something greater before me. Thank you for listening. And I tell you, as you walk with God, God has something greater for you. God has something greater for you. I want you to come back and and listen to this. Make sure you share this with other people. And I hope it's been enriching. Remember, you can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. You can check out my YouTube channel where I have a myriad of faith-based videos, live videos. You can go to my webpage at drannettewestministries.org. Support our Kenya mission. And again, thank you for tuning in. Dr. Annette West signing out. Until next week. Bye.